But if there's something that I can impart in you is don't wait until it's a necessity for you to do what you love and start your business, start the thing. Do it now. This is your sign to do it right now. Start the business, write the book, launch the podcast, become a creator, step into your full power as a CEO and go. You're listening to the Brand Vibe Podcast, where we highlight the stories, strategies, successes, and yes, the struggles of what it takes to not just build a business, but an iconic brand all around the life that you want to lead. I'm your host, Nicole Nieves, brand consultant, marketing maven, and highly caffeinated mom to three growing boys. After 15 years of being a corporate exec, I went from having a boss to being a boss by finally stepping into my CEO power. So if you're ready to do the same, then grab a glass of wine, got pickle neche, or whatever you're into these days, and let's catch a vibe. Wow, you guys. Oh my gosh, this is really, really happening. I feel like I've been talking about doing a podcast for so, so long, and I'm stoked that my first episode is officially out into the world. Seriously, thank you so much for listening, for subscribing. You did subscribe, right? For hanging out with me while you're washing dishes, getting ready in the morning, taking your kids to school, working on your business. I am so, so grateful for this opportunity. You know, for so long, I knew that I was made for this, not being a podcast host in particular or starting this one, but just that I was made for something more, something bigger, something more impactful, something that can inspire the masses with my passions and what I'm gifted in. Sound familiar? But for so long, I was just so dang scared to take the leap, like fully, fully take the leap. You know, I dabbled in some side hustles. I started a real estate company that was called Cornerstone Realty Group. Then I moved into an in-home daycare because I had FOMO of being away from my kids. And I was going to call that Tiny Hands Big Hearts until I realized I really only like watching my own kids. So that's not really going to work out. I started a home bakery where I was making these really cool kind of creative fondant cakes. And that was called Cake Batter and Roll until one of my cakes rolled off the table as I was on the way out the door to deliver it. And that was super stressful. And lots of other things in between. The point of the story is I did all of these little side hustles alongside a full-time stable career while being a mom to three boys. I have three boys that were all born within like four years. So these little pains in the you know what are wild and rambunctious and crazy and especially at these young ages and I love them, don't come at me. But it's a lot as a mom and as a parent to feel like you want to be home with your kids, but you want to do what you love and you want to build a career and all the things. I had gotten married at such a young age. I'm married to my high school sweetheart. And right out of college, we were planning our wedding and surprise, I got pregnant. And so that was fun. Within a 12-month rolling period, I had graduated college, got married, had my first kid, bought my first property, And got my first real steady job all at the young, young age of 22. So I literally had the American dream, though, right? Like married with kids, this figurative white picket fence all around my new condo and steady job. It was everything I didn't have when I was growing up. Everything I thought that life was supposed to be. My mom had me at a very young age, at 15 years old. My dad tried a couple of different businesses, and they'd do well for a season, and then they'd fail, and he'd try again. And 
did that quite a few times. My mom was constantly working to provide the stability for our family. At one point, she was hustling with three jobs to make it work for us. And I grew up in a loving home from the perspective of, like, I knew that they loved us. I knew that they loved my brother and I with all of their heart. But life was hard for them. And so they kept saying, especially my mom, get an education. Just get an education because if you can get a college degree, that is going to set you up for success, Nicole. I promise you. So that was the goal, right? I wanted to make my parents proud. I wanted to make my mom proud and really help them out of this situation. And so I am an achiever at heart. I am firstborn. And so I was like, okay, great, guns blazing, we're going after it. And so I graduated from high school and was accepted to quite a few different universities. I ended up going to a, a college here, a university here in Chicago, and I hustled my little heart out through college. I was able to graduate within three years instead of four. I paid my way through college through a combination of scholarships, financial aid, loans that I just barely paid off, by the way, conversation for another day, um, and a part-time job. I was always working throughout college to pay for any of the ancillary things. I commuted from home, and I did it. I did it. First-generation college graduate, and I thought, well, well, well what now? <laughs> I graduated college. The goal at this point was to try to get some kind of steady nine-to-five job. So that's what I sought out at that point. I majored in uh, marketing and business administration, and so I got a full-time job um, at the same company that I had been working part-time for in a while, completely different department, different division, and so in banking and finance. And that really began my accidental career, as I call it, because no one teaches you what to do from there. You graduate, you get the job, the entry-level basic job that pays you $50,000 a year and requires your heart and soul, and then what happens from there? And so I just decided, I, I guess it's climbing the ladder, right? Doing the best you possibly can at your job, getting to the highest rank possible, making the most money possible, and then doing that while balancing being a mom. I had a baby and bills and this lifestyle that my husband and I had created that was this like ideal American dream, but required two incomes for our family. And so I just kept going up that corporate ladder. I wasn't super passionate about the work that I was doing, but I loved achieving and I loved doing really great at my job. Um, but in doing that and having kids back to back and really feeling like I am compromising my time and energy between the two, like that took a toll on me as it does with many moms and parents. Uh, maternity benefits in America, let's just say, are crap. And so six weeks paid, six weeks unpaid. I just didn't have a lot of time to bond with my kids. I was back in the office in work for so long and then working long hours because you, it's not enough to just work a nine to five, come home and do what you need to do. As a woman, as a woman of color, I feel like I had to constantly prove that I deserved that seat at the table. And that took countless efforts and hours and commitments. It was a lot. And I didn't even love it, but I did love that I was good at it. And so um, I was able to get to the role of vice president by the early age of 25 in this Fortune 500 company. By 27, I was overseeing um, one of the largest territories in our market, spanning three states, training hundreds of sales reps and executives on strategies and partnering with our product and marketing teams to really develop offers that our clients on the ground actually needed. And so it was a really cool combination of where my career started to progress into 
But the higher I got in the rankings, the more exhausted I felt at home. I'd have to come home and breastfeed and make dinner and, you know, take care of the house and laundry and all the things and then sleep and do it all over the next day. Needless to say, I was exhausted. And the biggest toll that I think it took was on me mentally because despite the fancy titles and the responsibilities, honestly, I didn't really have a true seat at the table. I was a part of the leadership team. I had the title, but my salary was much lower than a lot of the people I was even training, let alone my peers that were sitting next to me. My voice was welcomed, but not heard. At a certain point, I felt pigeonholed in my job, and it was so hard to get promoted to a different division or the next level. And overall, I'm pouring and pouring and pouring out, and I felt like it wasn't being reciprocated, and it was taxing on me. And in all of that, I just knew there's so much more that I can do. There is so much more that I have a desire to contribute, so much more that I can impact if my voice was heard, if I had a real seat, if my boundaries were respected and I had a really good balance of being able to work and then come home and be a mom. And, you know, that's when the side hustling really began. Like, I got to start testing something else. Like, there's got to be something else here. But I was still too scared to make the full leap into something full time. Like I said, not only had we built up this two income lifestyle, but more than that, I felt like we had finally become kind of this beacon of hope for our family. Everything that my parents desired for me and my husband has a very similar story. We it was being realized through our life. And I just felt like I didn't want to let them down. And then I had these, you know, three humans to take care of, too. And I didn't want to let them down either. I kept thinking, what would happen if this fails? What would happen if the income stops, if it doesn't work out? And are we going to be let out on the street? And am I not going to have a roof over my head? All the things that I worked so hard to provide for my family with stability. I thought if I selfishly took this leap and jumped into what I'm passionate about and doing what I love, I'm going to risk so much. And as much as there's a lot of a big part of me that's like, go after things with reckless abandon and do what you love. Like I had people that I was responsible for and I felt like it wasn't something that I was ready for until I was forced. And that's my biggest lesson in this entire process is I thought that I was doing the responsible thing. I thought that by sticking with this stable corporate full-time job that I was doing what was best for my family, even though it was exhausting me, even though it was draining me, even though I wasn't passionate about it, even though I was more moody, I wasn't my best for my kids, for my husband, for our family. To me, it was like stability, stability. Like that's the biggest thing that kept coming to my brain. And then I no longer had stability. It's like I dabbled, I was too scared to jump. And so I was pushed off the bridge. And you know, honestly, sometimes I feel like God allows us to go through situations that we don't quite understand in the moment because he has a purpose and a vision for our lives that we just can't see yet. And so in these moments of hardship, it's like, I don't understand why I have to go through this. I don't understand what you're trying to do in me through this. And then you start to see it and you start to kind of be able to work through it and goodness comes and you're like, oh my gosh, I get it now. And so for me in that moment, 
I lost my job. And so um, I had been working at that point. My career had progressed. I felt like, okay, I'm going to be doing something that I'm more passionate about. I had ended up working for a nonprofit company where I was the director of marketing, leading the creative team, running multi-million dollar launch campaigns, working with personal brands, and honestly doing what I absolutely loved. And then the company shut down. And we had two days notice and we were all let go. And there was these talented, incredible people around me that I had been working side by side with for so long that now we're just out of jobs. And that was in 2019, so it was pre-COVID. And I know a lot of you guys experienced similar things throughout COVID for these past few years. And for so long, we think like this is the only way. This is the right way. It's what we're taught in school. It's what we're taught at home. It's what the perfect picture of the American dream that is painted before us. And we think this is what we need to do. And we push down the things that we love, the things that we're passionate about, the things that we're being called to out of whatever explanation we give ourselves in that moment to rationalize why it's okay to shelf our passions. And I wish that I didn't do that for so long. I look at my journey and I'm grateful either way. It's come full circle to where I am right now. But if there's something that I can impart in you is don't wait until it's a necessity for you to do what you love and start your business, start the thing. Do it now. Do it literally right now. I started my business out of a pure passion and necessity. Don't wait until necessity. This is your sign to do it right now. Start the business. Write the book. Launch the podcast. Become a creator. Step into your full power as a CEO and go. Just start. Start scared. Start messy. Start doubtful. But just start. Just do the thing. Because at the end of the day, you don't ever want stability to be in the hands of anyone else around you but yours. So whether it is diversifying your income stream so you're not only relying on a nine-to-five job, whether it's fully immersing yourself in what you know you're being called to do and what you're passionate about, or whether it's taking that side hustle and really making it your own, making it full-time, taking the chance on yourself, whatever the case is, take ownership of who you are and what it is that you are being called to and literally go after it with all of your heart. But if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, well, easier said than done, Nicole. I mean, let's be honest. You just finished sitting here telling us for the past 10 minutes how your entire story and trajectory was a bit of the opposite. Um, So if we did want to take the leap, how exactly do we make that happen? And that is what this podcast episode is all about. I want to give you five tips to help you get started and make money doing what you love, living out your passions, there has never been a better time than right now. See, I've never been with a Betty. She comes so I add it to the telly. Medicine, but I'm calling her Medi. Like Mass try to send me the Eddie. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? No? Okay, so let's just say I'm not going to start a career in rapping anytime soon. But listen, that's kind of the vibe when I'm done filming reels. I mean, sometimes I feel like a total baddie, and other times, mm, not so much. Doesn't stop me from putting myself out there, though. And I really want to encourage you to do the same. Have you jumped on the reels train yet? Listen, it's Instagram's number one focus this year, which means it is the best opportunity for you to grow your audience through organic traffic and make the absolute most of your content. Because let's be honest, as CEOs, as brands, as creators, we are constantly curating new content. And the goal is for it to go and extend as far as possible. 
So why wouldn't you jump on the very thing that they're promoting most? If you're ready for a jumpstart, I want to invite you to be a part of my 22 and 2022 Brand Reels Challenge, where we are diving into the latest trends, transitions, and audios, but most importantly in this challenge that makes it unique and different from anything else that's out there is we are highlighting you, your brand, and your vibe. Your audience is going to get to know what you're all about, your vision, your mission, your values, your vibe. And as you go viral, which you will, and as you grow your account, it's going to be filled with quality followers and people that want to be a part of what you're doing. So head on over to thebrandvibe.com slash reels to sign up for this free challenge and get your workbook and your calendar that's filled with all of the details that you need to start helping your brand shine this year by growing on Instagram through reels and owning your vibe in the process. So follow me over on Instagram to binge the latest challenges as they drop. I'm at the brand vibe and head on over to thebrandvibe.com slash reels to join the challenge. I'm sure that you've heard of the great resignation, this entire movement that's happening post-COVID where people are really waking up and realizing like there has to be something more than a nine to five job that forces me into unhealthy situations or doesn't respect my boundaries or doesn't give me the balance that I'm looking for in my life, doesn't really allow me to build a career around my lifestyle. Instead, it's the other way around. And they're deciding like, peace out, whether it's by force or by choice, they're choosing not to jump back into traditional nine to five world. And part of it is this wake up call, but part of it is also the opportunity that is available to us. So much has fully shifted digitally. If you thought that going into the online space was an option, building a personal brand was an option still, you are so wrong, my friends. It is absolutely a necessity because your online presence is how people judge you. It's how people decide your capability as an employee, as a potential candidate for a new job, as a business owner, as a brand, because it's all that they have, right? So for so long, we were able to just focus on these in-person experiences. But nowadays, I mean, honestly, what do recruiters do? They go onto LinkedIn. They start to look at your profile. What do you do when you start dating someone? You start scoping them out online and trying to see if you could find them. Like so much of our like innate nature now drives us to look for people's presence online to then determine if they're the right fit for us. And so when it comes to your brand and when it comes to your business, when it comes to whatever this next phase of opportunity looks like for you as a thought leader, as a creator, as a business owner, creating a solid personal brand and business that showcases what you're passionate about and what you do, that is what is going to set you up to make money by doing that. That's what's going to set you up and make you marketable. It's going to make you someone that people want to connect with, want to work with, want to partner with. And there is so much opportunity out there to do that. So if you're at the point and you're listening to this and you're like, I'm ready. I am so ready. Like, I want to make this happen. This is my sign. I'm going after it. Like, what, what do I do? What do I do now? <laughs> then take notes on these five things that I'm about to drop your way. So first and foremost, number one, I want you to be willing to dream. And I know this sounds all like woo and, you know, fluffy, like, yeah, yeah, okay, I dream of getting out of my job. What's next? No, no, no. I want you to truly, truly give yourself the space, like block off time in your calendar, find your Zen place, like light some candles, get your mood music going, 
and block off all of the distractions, including your own. Oftentimes, we are our biggest distraction because we allow these thoughts to get in our way before we even let ourselves dream, before we let ourselves think about being a business owner and speaking on stages and running epic programs and starting a, an agency, before we allow ourselves to go there, we're already giving ourselves the reasons why we're going to fail, the reasons why that's not possible. In another life, if only, but this, I have that, there's no way. Block off all of the noise inside of your head and give yourself the freedom in this hour or two-hour session that you have to actually dream, to actually think about what could it be? What could it turn into? I'm so passionate about this thing. What would it be like if there were no barriers to the success of what it could be? Would I be changing the world? Would I be speaking on stages? Would it evolve into a book? Would it evolve into a Netflix show? Could I start my own podcast? Could I be helping thousands of other people do this? Could I help people out of tough situations? Could I take the wisdom and the experience that I've had, the knowledge that I've gained and impart it into others? Could I guide? Could I consult? Could I inspire? Could I encourage? Could I motivate? When I do that, what happens? What's the ripple effect that's going to take off? Because when you allow yourself to dream and to see the impact, You have such a deeper rooted why you want to start this business to begin with. Because when you're dreaming and then you decide not to do the business, you could actually visually see everything that won't come into fruition because you've held yourself back. All the people that won't be impacted by you along the way. All the people that won't be pulled out of certain situations. All of the businesses, all of the opportunities that won't happen because you didn't take a chance. And so you need to visually see that. You need to map it out. You need to put your stake in the ground on it. And you need to just let yourself dream and dream big on what you want for your life. The biggest thing in this section that I love is to bring it home and really think about how it's going to impact you, your children, your spouse, your family, your legacy. How could you change the trajectory of your legacy If you stepped into this, ooh, I'm getting chills just like thinking about this because that is the biggest thing that keeps me going in my business and my clients at the end of the day, running a business is freaking hard. Like, let's just put that out there. It absolutely is, but it is worth it when you know that you have this huge impact, not just on the masses that you have a chance to work with or to influence, but also on the people in your home, in your community, and around you that are looking at you, looking up to you, and really deciding for themselves to do the same thing. It's incredible how contagious it could be because you took a chance, because you decided to embrace it. So dream big. Don't hold yourself back. In fact, honestly, like pause this podcast right now and plug in your calendar when you are going to schedule this time for you to dream. And just call it that. This is my dream time. I'm going to block it out. I'm going to tell someone. I'm going to get someone to watch the kids, hire a babysitter, whatever the case is. You deserve it. You deserve it. And make it happen. That's number one. Number two, belief. Belief is huge. You have to believe that it is actually possible. 
You're going to dream up this really incredible vision and you're going to allow yourself to go there. You absolutely are. And then you're going to look back at this the next day, a week later, and be like, ha, pipe dream, right? Like not going to happen. Don't let that happen. Don't get in your own way. Don't get in your own head. You have to believe that it is possible. Otherwise, you've already lost. Let me say that again. You have to believe that it's possible or you have already lost. If you already believe that you can't do something, you are foreshadowing the failure that is epically to come. Because at the end of the day, you're going to end up, again, tripping over yourself, getting in your own way, not putting your all into it, um, kind of doing it half-heartedly, and it's not going to be what it could be because you've already believed the worst. I need you to go into it and actually believe the best. Believe that it is already done. Believe that it is absolutely possible. Your right clients are waiting for you on the other side. Your people are going to be listening. They're going to be impacting. They're there. They're literally just waiting for you to start. But it is possible and it will happen. So not if and maybe and perhaps like when this happens, when I launch, when I step into this, when I do this, this is the impact I'm going to make. This is what how my life is going to change. This is how my life for my kids is going to change. When, not if. Believe it before it even gets here. Number three, don't underestimate your skills, your passion, your authority, your superpower. You are a powerhouse. You are an authority. The biggest thing that I help clients with is to tap into their authority and to stand in it in confidence because you have exactly what it takes. You have exactly what it takes. But then we start to doubt it. Like, do I? Do I really? I mean, I love this, but the majority of my careers wasn't really around it. Or do I have enough experience? And maybe this is just, you know, something that I keep as a passion or a hobby. Whatever the case is, you need to have confidence in your authority, in your capability. When you are sitting here and applying for your dream job and you're interviewing with someone, I can't tell you how many times I was like, holy crap, I totally bamboozled them. Like at the end of the day, I know I can do this job, but like I don't think that I have the repertoire and experience for them to hire me. And then they hire me and I completely kill it in the job, right? We doubt our capability and our expertise more than anybody else in the world. And so stop doing that. Just cut it out. Stand in your authority. You are great at something. Find that something. Figure it out. Make a list of all of the things, all of the skill sets, the hard skills and the soft skills. Let it be resume-based, but let it also be these innate kind of natural abilities and skill sets. Ask ask people around you, what am I good at? What do you think is like one of my most positive strengths? And really tap into your it factor, your secret sauce, the things that really sets you apart and makes you feel confident that you are a powerhouse and can make this happen. So the third one is to stand in your authority and your expertise as the powerhouse that you are. Number four is to unpack your passions, like fully and deeply. Building a business is so hard. It's so hard. So if you're just starting a business, I'm like, you know, I know that the market needs this. I don't really love it, but I could probably do it. I mean, I have skills for it or I can make it happen or whatever the case is. You are going to burn out so quickly and this business is not going to happen. The majority of businesses fails within the first two years. And a big part of that is because running a business is freaking hard. It's hard. 
And the thing that keeps you driving and going is that you have to have a passion for what you do like none other. It has to set your soul on fire. Otherwise, it's just going to be another thing that stresses you out. And then you're right back where you were in your full-time nine-to-five job or in your alternate life, whatever you were doing that made you miserable, that made you decide to get out of that. Now you're stuck back in that within this business because you started something you don't even care about. You're not even passionate about at the end of the day. Do what you love. Start a business by doing what you love. Number five, step into what makes you, you. Step into your unique solution on how you're going to solve the problem, how you're going to help your ideal client, how you're going to uniquely change the world in the way that you are. Figure out why you're different. Because at the end of the day, there is no new idea out there. Sorry to burst your bubble. Like there is not a new idea in the book. And so if you're waiting for this epic aha moment of this idea that nobody in the world has ever done, probably not going to happen. Like you're going to be waiting a long time. Instead of worrying about that, I want you to think about what makes you different from everything that's out there. I run a marketing and brand agency. There is so many people like me that are consultants and coaches and marketing strategists that run digital agencies that could have easily prevented me from doing this all together. But instead, I sat back and I thought, what makes me different? How could I show up for my clients differently? The number one thing I will tell you is who you are is enough. Your story, how you show up, how you serve people, your personality, how you care for people, what your heart is around it, that is unmatched. There is no one else out there who has your story, who has your ability to impact, to serve in the unique way that you do. Because you have culminated all of these experiences and all this expertise in your life that has molded you into this person. And so bring that into the business you start, in the thing you step into, into the offer that you're creating. Find the unique spin on your solution so that people know why they want to work with you. People are bought into who you are, they're bought into your personality, and they're bought into the way that you're going to help them solve the problem and get from point A to point B. So when you can find that uniqueness, that is truly, truly going to give you the final piece of the puzzle that you're going to need to feel confident on stepping into what you're passionate about, on how to make money by doing what you love, how to show up in your essence, how to show up in your power and do it with confidence and do it with clarity and do it in a way that makes you so dang excited to finally put yourself out there, to finally start. I am so stoked to have been able to walk you through this in this episode. I mean, honestly, like starting this podcast, I was so freaking nervous. And now I just feel like I have found and stepped into exactly what it is. I want you to find and step into yourself. I want you to find that rhythm that gets you going, that makes you excited, that really allows you to do what you love in a way that makes you confident and allows you to serve others and just do all the things. Don't stop now. Start now. Go after it. There has never been a better time than now. You are absolutely qualified to contribute something incredible and unique in this world that no one else can give. You are being called to such a time as this. You are made for more. And now is your time to make it happen. And I can't wait to see what you do. (laughs) 
yes, you just did that. You just finished another episode of the Brand Vibe Podcast, and I'm already so sad that it's over, aren't you? Well, listen, to make sure you don't miss a beat when the next episode drops, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, like right now. Unless you're driving, don't do that. And hey, here's the good news. You can head over to our little corner of the internet at thebrandvibe.com slash the community corner for all the show notes and resources from today's episode, including access to our blog, guest experts, exclusive training, and our online Facebook community, The Brand Vibe Society for Entrepreneurs. The community corner is filled with tips for multi-passionate leaders who are owning their vibe and building their brand their way. Yep, this was pretty much made just for you. Full access awaits. Head on over to thebrandvibe.com slash the community corner.